As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Welcome to Prospects to Pros, the show that covers the guys that are about to get drafted, the guys that got drafted and everything in between, and we are heavily focused on the guys that are about to get drafted because I sit here with the great Dane Brugler of The Athletic, the great Lance Zerline of NFL.com. We are at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Practice has just ended. We have watched two days of practice now. We have seen lots of great one-on-one O-line, D-line battles. Uh, we have watched receivers and corners go at it. We have watched some, dare I say, mediocre quarterback play. <laughs> I, that's fair, yeah. And uh, usually what I like to do is first day of practice for quarterbacks, throw it out. Give these guys a grace period one day. Let them get adjusted to new coaching, new wide receivers, all that. Uh, obviously, new terminology with any uh, you know, any new coaches. So uh, today I thought it was a little bit better. But still, this is a, this is a group of NFL backups. And I think that's that's pretty evident early on. Um, I tell you what, the guy that stood out the most for me, practice one and practice two, uh, Jaden Reed, Michigan State wide receiver. Um, it was a nightmare on offense for that Michigan State offense uh, this year. And this year, or to this week, we're seeing that 2021 version of uh, Jaden Reed. I mean, he is winning with speed. And it's not just speed. He's using the subtle hesitation down the down the field. His hand strength is really impressive for a guy that's uh, he's a little slight. He's not the biggest player, but he's surprisingly effective at the catch point, uh, regardless of if it's a contested window or, or not. So, uh, Jaden Reed, I thought, has been a, a really nice player this week and someone that's I, I think helping himself. So, Lance, who have you really liked? I think Tank Dell, I mean, speaking of slight, he's only 163 pounds, but I mean, does it matter if somebody can't touch you? Uh, he's, <laughs> the separation's been unbelievable. It was like that on tape, too. So he, he, he just, he's so sudden. Um, he's so sudden out of, against press in his release. He's sudden out of his breaks. He is explosive. So it's not just a suddenness getting in and out of breaks. There's an explosion level uh, to separate afterwards. He can go deep. He can work, uh, you know, levels one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he catches it pretty well, too. So I think Tank Dell, you know, the real question is going to be, and and Dane knows this, every year it seems like there's certain um, uh, storylines or narratives that develop. And and narratives, I mean, it's just – when I say narrative, I don't mean – something people run with it's it's factual right this year the 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 factual narrative is that there are a bunch of slight receivers there's just no way around it a bunch of good receivers who are going to be you know on 175 180 pound range and below and uh tank dell fits in that category so how do you you know how do you value his playmaking versus 163 pound frame that's going to be the question yeah i I just interviewed him feels like a risk he's missed zero games though in four years at university of houston's never been hurt and a big chip on his – he said, I have two chips on my shoulder. And I wanted to say, don't say that out loud because they're going to ding you for that in medicals. They're looking for, <laughs> they're looking for a reason to, to doubt you. The question wise. is how much do those chips weigh? Yeah, that's right. Put four or five chips on. Just get to <laughs> exactly. 170. Load up on the I chips. Know. Well, yeah, I I just thought of a question. Okay, this is this – is, I was thinking about this earlier today. The highest drafted player 
who is in the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. will be? Um, I will say Osiris Torrance, uh, Florida guard. I think he's had an outstanding two days of practice. He's done I did a- not set that up just because I went to Florida. <laughs> he, he's had a good week. I mean, I, the other name that popped up, I, you know, Luke Musgrave, I, I think, uh, you know, this is a stacked tight end group at mm-hmm. the top. I know. It, it, is Musgrave your number one or number two tight end, Lance? Musgrave's my number one, uh, and then Mayer, and then Kincaid, but they're all basically jammed up together, and it's just what flavor ice cream do you like? I would say Dane might be right. I also think Musgrave could be number one. I think that there's a chance. You know, I get, I, I get the feeling some teams are, and I've got a good grade on them, but I think Will McDonald is going to be a guy From that's going to go higher than some people think also. And they were just talking to Darnell Wright on the field, like, you know, who's – Who's been your iron versus iron? You know, the yeah. iron sharpens iron guy. He goes, oh, Will McDonald for sure. He's got the nastiest inside spin move, uh, and he's put it. But he can also beat you with speed on the on the outside. And you know, Dane, he's gonna. The guy's jumped over a car before on video. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen that. Uh, he's gonna test out of the gym. So you take the production, you take the testing, and then you take what's gonna be some pretty good tape. And I think he's gonna get pushed up too. And he's he's a little tough because he's he's so slender, and I worry about him against a run. So. Early downs, what exactly is he? But there's no doubt he can get after it. I mean, he, he looks more like a a small forward on a basketball team than he does like a true defensive end or pass rusher. So is is he going to play a linebacker role? I, I, but there's no there's no question about the athleticism with Will McDonald. So, um, yeah, those – Torrance has been awesome. I, it's a really nice job in pass pro, especially climbing, especially in space. Um uh, and in the team drills, especially, is where he's really had a chance to shine. But yeah, it's a uh, you know, of course, every year we we have seniors drop out. You know, just Dewan Jones. Yeah, that's this an year interesting for, story. <laughs> had a great first day. We don't know the whole story yeah. just yet, but oh, yes, we do. No, <laughs> I don't. Do we know the whole story that we can talk about? Uh, we know he did, was very good yesterday, first practice. Today, a uh, little. He's MIA. He's not here. Um, and you know, there's. Hey, Lance, why don't you Okay, uh, well, take let's that? see. Uh, we all watch college basketball. Have you ever heard of the one and done? <laughs> we just had a one and done. That's yeah. what we had. Well, and, and that's the thing. I, I, I Did he tell anybody? A few years uh, ago. I, I couldn't remember the player. I know there was a few years ago there was a guy who completely balled out on the first day, and, and it was like, okay, I have nothing more to show you, and, and I've done my part here. Yeah. But Dewan Jones, the freakish measurements first. Like, he was going mm. viral yeah. for his – for his length measurement, he's—I mean, he's—he's he's supposed to be seven five based on his wingspan. Yeah. Well, and that's and and well, here's the thing. I'll just be honest with you. There's some things with Dewan Jones that concern me in terms of redirection, yep. change direction. It didn't really show up yesterday because of the way people rushed him exactly in one on one, they Isaiah all try Fosky, to beat him on the edge. He, yeah, Isaiah Fosky, the way he's going. I mean, and he'll he'll go he'll try to beat him right down the middle. Down the middle. And, that's and that's not happening. You're playing right into the hands of Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones, huge, massive hands. He'll snatch you every time. And so, based off of yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I've been saying is like, yeah, you looked good, but how rushers adjusted to him throughout the week was something and I that, really wanted to and see. that was the concern is that yeah. all of a sudden if he had to face it out, he doesn't face off as, against as many, uh, I, I think, diverse pass rushers on yeah. his side uh, of the bracket. But, you know, had he faced a guy like Will McDonald with a spin move, it mm-hmm. could have looked pretty ugly. But he didn't get a second day, and no one really gave him the inside move, which is what gives him trouble. And yeah. so, you know, his agent, I think, probably – just said, hey, let's uh, let's but quit while we're ahead. Don't you got you, long arms and had a good practice, and I wrote about him yesterday. Also, I mean, yeah, don't, don't you have to at least say, oh, I just you know, sprained my ankle a little bit. I'm just going to be in street clothes the rest of the – you know, like just uh, – I don't know. It, it, really curious uh, Yeah, I, I mean, shoot a text like, hey, thanks for the opportunity. I had a wonderful time in Mobile. I had some good fish and grits, some shrimp and grits, and uh, it's it's been real. <laughs> and I appreciate the hospitality, and thank you for measuring my wingspan. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's how you got to do it, right? L- Lance, who, who what other uh, offensive linemen had? Because I feel like coming into this week, a lot of these guys are jam packed together. You know, the Matthew Bergerons, the uh, even throw Wanya Morris in there. Throw uh, you know Jalen Duncan. Uh, you and I aren't very high on Duncan, but you know he's got his his fans out there. So of these offensive linemen, who's, who's really stood out for you? Well, I mean, you nailed Torrance. I think Torrance has definitely put himself in the first round for me, for sure. You know, I was kind of, you know, my my draft grades are in any in any draft, you know. So I think in most drafts, I would have him in the second round. In this draft, I'm going to have to put him in the first. The kid is, 
He's, uh, you know, he was well-schooled at Louisiana Lafayette before he even went to – he had Kevin Dotson, Robert Hunt. They were all on the same offensive line at one point. He was a freshman. We well, had he's, the same coaches at Florida that he had at, at Yeah, Lafayette, and so, so he has, you know, he has great hand resets. He's something he said he wants to work on. He wants to work on pad level. He's a very conscientious player. He doesn't have a great body. He's he's a heavy set guy. He's, well, he's a little bit heavy, but, you know, for me, I thought he was great against Jalen Carter. I thought – you watch that game, and no one gave Jalen Carter a tougher time than Osiris, and that to me is as good a indicator of anything is how you did against Jalen Carter. But then you watch him out here, and you can't beat him down the middle. He's got a good feel for his edges, so he protects his edges. He's a good run blocker. I do think you know some of the outside zone stuff will be a challenge for him, but you just don't probably run it a whole lot if you're drafting him. But the guy that to me has really stood out is John Michael Schmitz, and I'll tell you what, he had two blocks where he – kind of framed and sealed off the gap and there were two long one was Taiji Sharp and the other actually they may have both been Taiji Sharp uh breaking breaking long Taiji Spears rather um breaking you know for the long runs I think Schmitz has been just terrific I think he's my OC one and he's another guy center slip into the first round and I think he's going to be the guy he's he was kind of a stalwart at Minnesota he was part of PJ Flex first recruiting class there and was six-year guy this year and and just I, you watch him play out there because this is a place where a lot of guards get tried at mm. center. And, it, and actually, in one case, we've got a guy who played tackle in college being Cody tried Mock. at center yeah. right now. This is a center playing center. Like, yeah. it was very clear watching him. This is a man who knows how to handle that role. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. I did His senior tape, uh, super senior tape, wasn't as... Uh, impressive as I expected going in because uh, he you know he was on the radar last year if he came out after last year he was expected to go maybe top 100 and so there's expectations and I don't think his senior year necessarily lived up to that but he's a, he's a good player he's, he's got uh, you know a, a really nice resume to work with and there are times he's an outstanding run blocker sometimes in pass pro he will get a little off balance but that hasn't happened here he's done a real nice job and so I, I don't know if he makes it to the first round, but you're right, Lance. I mean, the teams need centers. And so, you know, if you – Joe Tipman, I think, is my top center right now. Um, and, and then John Michael's right behind him. So – and I don't know that I have a true top 100 grade on John Michael, to be honest, but uh, these guys go early and he's having a nice week, which really helps him. So – oh, go ahead, Lance. Well, I was going to say I had um, I had a, an executive tell me that, you know, based on – my point was this is not a very good tackle draft. Like, it's not a great tackle. It's not great. If you need an LT1, the best one's going to be a guard probably with Peter Skaronsky. So, uh, and, you know, I like I, – I'm glad to hear you like Bergeron a little bit because I, I like Bergeron. I just – I think he's a good run blocker and he needs work in pass pro, but I think some of that will, will be smoothed out if he moves down to guard. Some of the hand usage won't be as – Yeah, he did play some guard today, and I think that's what he's built for. But um, – you know, the the one I think Darnell Wright is another one who I like. And I was having this conversation with a team, a team executive. And he said, look, it's not a great tackle, but the state of offensive line is so bad right now, relatively speaking, in the NFL, that any grade you have on a tackle and really, for the most part, guards and centers, you better be prepared to bump them 15 to 35 spots. And I just it was jarring to hear. But then when you really think about it logically, it makes sense. Can, can I ask a Darnell Wright question? Because yeah. He was not when he had to play on the left side. That was not great. Right. He was very good on the right side. Uh huh. How much does that change the evaluation? None. Uh, so my dad had a guy named Max Starks, who you also will know. Max Starks, another big Florida, Florida guy. Radio yeah, and Max is great. And uh, Max Starks, I've talked to Max about this. You know, Max, my dad. So the, it's always your thought is okay. You put the heavy plotter on the right side if you have to. You don't play him on the left side. My dad went to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl ring with Max Starks against Arizona, and Starks, you know, he tried to play him on the right side, and it just didn't click for Max. But on the left side, even though he was a little slower and heavy-footed, it just was more natural. The steps were more natural. Everything is, you know, it's like hitting right-handed, left-handed. It's Oh, it's, it's 100% like that because I remember getting to college and being told, you line up on the left side, you're in a left-handed stance. You line up on the right side, you're in a right-handed stance. Right. And that first time trying that left-handed stance feels the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Because uh, – when you're used to playing out of one stance or one or on one side, it feels backward and wrong. I think unless you are probably truly ambidextrous. Yeah, and and that was a thing where 
you know, my dad told me Max is the O line coach. He just said, he said Max just is much better as a left. Yeah. And so Darnell just it probably doesn't feel right to Darnell, but I can tell you at right tackle, and this is you know this is something that you learn with time. You get so caught up in, well, what does his body look like? Well, what do his feet look like? Was he bending? And you start doing a beauty contest for, okay, give me the check. And I think draftniks have this issue, and we sure. all start off as draftniks, right? And you aspire to, to really be a really good evaluator. Everyone looks to check off, okay, show me the hands, and I want to see the feet, and I want to see the balance. And that's all true. You want to see all that. But at some point, what's the end result? Like, right. at some point, you Especially have, offensive process line. is important, but for offensive linemen, are you getting guys right. blocked? And if there's one guy that should be uh, a poster boy for that, it's Orlando Brown. It mm-hmm. didn't look pretty when Orlando Brown did it. The combine was a disaster, relatively speaking. And here he is starting, you know, in the NFL, and he's and he's doing a nice job. And so it 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 needs to also be about result, not just process, oh, I, but result. I, I covered Orlando Brown's pro day because this is after the disastrous combine. Yeah, he I'm did, a, the pressure he, on he, him he did, at the He pro did better day. on the bench. Well, it was also the day that Baker Mayfield had his pro day, so he pulls out the he pulls out the Karate Kid headband and but. Orlando that day was very interesting because Orlando's a thoughtful guy. And he's just like, at some point, doesn't it need to be about whether I can block people or not? And sure enough, he's blocking people just fine. Yeah, Darnell right here this week, I think he's he's so eager to show off how violent and physical he is that it's it's looked a little sloppy. It's been, you know, hot and cold for him. But uh, I think scouts really want to see some improved technique, and that's what I'll be looking for tomorrow going to last practice from, from Darnell Wright because he grew on me as a process uh, you know, throughout the season because he's not there, – there's some things that you can nitpick about him, but when it comes down to it, the foundation of what he does is a really solid place to start. Alabama lined up Will Anderson across from him, yeah, it, and Will Anderson had one of his worst games. Yeah, he, he didn't do much at all, and 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 Wright was he was good throughout the entire year. I thought, uh, you know, deep into the season, uh, you know, even he he played in the bowl game. He was an opt-in out. It was a really good battle with uh, oh he he, was, he had some nasty stuff going on in the bowl game. That, yeah, it was that, a fun battle. He's a good, so. Darnell's a good finisher. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I do. Enjoy, there's no question. I do enjoy about a good finisher. That. There's there's zero questions about that. So no, he's. He's right there in that mix to be a, a top 50 guy, I think, in this class. Um, one other thing I want to talk about, I mentioned Jaden Reed, uh, Michigan State wide receiver, how, how he's looked. Michael Wilson, the Stanford wide receiver, this guy is really, really impressive for his size, to move like he's moving. Um, he's been catching everything. The tough part with him is he's missed more games than he's played the last three years. Uh, he had a foot, he broke his foot. And then he, the day after he was cleared, he broke it again. D- d- different part of the draft, but like, isn't that kind of like a George Pickens situation? For different reasons, you know, Pickens had a lot going on with Wilson. Yeah, it's trying to figure out. Okay, I think we're getting a better feel for the evaluation now. What's the valuation in terms of where do you draft him? Uh, you know, how how good do you feel about him becoming an impact player for you? Uh, he's definitely forcing teams to maybe reevaluate a little bit based on how he's played this year. And so once we get to the combine, the medicals will be absolutely paramount for him. He is to me his comp. Now I don't I think I stayed away from his comp because the size didn't didn't make sense. But who he is for me is Matt Collins coming out. He's a great special teams player too. Terrific gunner. And that's something that I have to look for. Uh, I look at all the special teams reps because I need to know who the, those guys are because it puts a what it does it puts a floor on where he'll go. So I think Wilson's floor now is probably fourth round because he's a great special teams gunner and he's a guy who has speed. But you mentioned the injuries, you know, that could play a little bit of a role, but he's got speed to go vertical. Um, he, he has some some juice on tape and, in, and out here you can see it. He's got some juice. He's got some ball skills. You got to see if he can stay healthy. But worst case scenario, anytime you start saying, OK, well, he's for sure a team's guy for us. That automatically, okay, well, is he good enough to be a backup wide receiver? Yes, he is. Then all automatically you end up having a floor of where you can go, and then you just hope to build from there. And I think with him being a big-time teams guy and everything Dane just talked about, um, now it's about the medicals and do the medicals check out. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Another position group that I feel like we haven't talked about much here is is the defensive backs. Mm. Because there a corner or a safety who's really stood out to either of you guys? Today it was Caillou Blue Kelly, the Stanford corner. He made some nice plays uh, against some of his former teammates over there at Stanford. So I, I he came into this week as my second senior corner behind only Devin Witherspoon, who, who's not here, of course. Uh, but, you know, he's... He's competing with Tyreek Stevenson to be the, I think, the top corner here. Is, does that match up? I was di- I was down on him a little bit on tape. Um, I di- I didn't love him, but I I would agree with you. He stood out. The first thing he did was snag a ball one handed when he was on the sideline and overthrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, who was that? And I saw it was blue. And then he had another near interception where he he was in zone and then you know read the quarterback and jumped it and dropped a, an interception. I thought he looked really good. He's one of those guys that I made a mental note that I need to go back and double check him. I thought. Jamie Robinson looked really good too in yeah. one-on-ones. I thought he was really. And I, no smaller. offense, I know you're a Florida guy. Oh, yeah. uh, let me tell you about Jamie Robinson because we had a uh, a deal where the Florida State staff invited several media members to call plays during the spring game, and I thought it was going to be one of those jokes where we just kind of stand out there. But they bring us up the day before. They give us a play sheet. Like it's it's obviously a limited menu. Wow. But so cool. I I'm calling the defense when we when we get up in the fourth quarter and they put some of the better players in, this is Jamie just transferred from South Carolina. And so I call a fire zone blitz. Jamie's my blitzer Hmm. first down sack right off the bat. Jamie Robinson is my favorite player in college football (laughs) because, because he made me look like the best play caller ever. (laughs) That's great. He's just small, right? I mean, he's, Five ten and three quarters, hundred ninety four pounds. Yeah, and, and for some teams that that's a deal breaker. They, yeah, but they not it, not a, not in a slot though. Right. Well, and, that, and that's I think a big question is is he a true nickel right. or you know do you need to play him? Is he more of a post? What what do you envision for your your defense and what you want to do? You know he's got some dog in him, and he does. that's one of the things I really like is he really is he's intense, he's competitive. Um, when it gets into contested situations, as you saw today, he just refuses to to give you an easy ride. And uh, I, I liked him on tape. I liked him out here, too. I think he was a guy that, that stood out as well. Um, Beloved by Florida State teammates and coaches, by the way. Is he really? Yeah, he's, he's, he's one of those guys that everybody sort of rallied around. And, and that's why it's, it's nice to hear this because I like it when, when the guys, that, the, the, the players and the college coaches talk up as their favorites, when they shine out here, it's a good sign because I have a feeling – they're going to be good, productive NFL players, too. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the guys also that I think has been interesting to watch for a different reason, and I didn't notice him out here today. I'm sure he was. I just – I must not have seen him, was it's it's jarring to see J.L. Skinner in person. He's humongous. Because he is tall, long, and then you see him from the knees down, and I don't think I've ever seen a more spindly mm-hmm. – calves and let like he's got kind of regular thighs with these yeah. tiny spindly calves and i was standing next to a uh, a pro personnel director and he kind of asked me a question about him and, and he said was he hurt all the time and i was like no i don't think he was hurt all the Mm-mm. time he goes i mean if he's not hurt and i said do you worry about you know a guy who has small lower bodies he goes well you wonder where the speed comes from <laughs> but he said but no i mean if he's not hurt and he said is he physical i said yeah he's physical he yeah. plays in the box and where, where are you playing him 
Yeah, I'm, I'm probably playing him as a robber and playing him down. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm letting him play down. Yeah, yeah. I'm play, uh, probably and that's probably where he has to. I mean, he, he's not a bad athlete by any means. But, no, you know, just he's gonna get the. You want to play him forward though? I yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. I think that that's the way. And there's just not many safeties in the NFL that are legit. And it's not like oh, he's getting pumped up on the team website six four. No, he verified <laughs> six four and a quarter. Huge dude. Um, one other DB I want to talk about that has really. I thought stood out Darius Rush, uh, South Carolina corner. He had a great first day of practice where he was running routes for the receivers, and then today he had another big play. Uh, I think it was in teams uh, or maybe seven. That, that was my favorite tweet of yours off the first day of practice. <laughs> Darius Rush ran a better route than the receiver he was covering, <laughs> and when, and I posted the video with it to show like, hey, look, I mean, he's he ran it better than Jonathan Mingo. So yeah, he's a. Uh, He's a for a guy that's that big. Cause he's almost six two. He's got a, a larger wingspan than uh, a couple of the offensive linemen here. He's just a big dude, but he also has quick feet. He can sink. He can redirect. There's a lot to like about Darius uh, Darius Rush. He's a former offensive player in, in high school. You know, one of those guys that was you know clearly the best player on the team. So he's playing quarterback. He's doing everything. Uh, I, you know, when you watch South Carolina, obviously you're watching because you want to check out Cam Smith. You want to see yeah. the the corner. Darius Rush, man, he's he's a good player. You know, it's funny. We want to see – we love seeing wide receivers who play DB because they've mm. got ball skills and tracking yeah, right, and right, stuff right. like that. And then, of course, a lot of times you're a DB because you don't have great – you have ball skills except for the catching part. And then we also love seeing defensive players turn into offensive linemen because they're nastier a lot of mm-hmm. times. It's a, it's a weird combination where, oh, this guy used to play defensive line and now he's an offensive line. Good. I know he's going to have some nasty to him. Oh, this guy was a – a high school wide receiver and quarterback, good. He's going to see the field better as a defensive back. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, I think that the best, maybe, maybe the best position group that um, I've seen on a team has been the American running backs. And usually the running backs don't get a chance to shine at this, uh, you know, these types of all-star events. But Eric Gray, uh, Ty J. Spears, um, who else? Like Chris, Chris Rodriguez and then Kenny McIntosh. Yeah. yeah. So those four guys – um, are have been outstanding catching the ball, um, moving well uh, through during team drills. I, I think running back it's hard to shine, but it might be the best position group we've seen. Rodriguez is an interesting one because he averaged six yards a carry behind a pretty good Kentucky offensive line right. in in 2021. That line was not very good last no. year, and and so you see, and you he know, missed the first month of the season. Right, he was suspended. So, right. so I mean, there's there's stuff there, but I the guy has been a productive quality back the entire time. Yeah. And so that uh, you, you've got to take that into account. I really love McIntosh because yes, you can throw to him out of the backfield. Yes. You can, you know, on third down, there's so mm-hmm. much you can do with him. But I thought, especially at the end of the season, like go back to the, the, the peach bowl against Ohio state. Yeah. He was slipping through some holes and it looked good. Yeah. Now Dane, you and I talked about this while we were watching, you know, cause you were talking about him kind of setting, setting up blocks and it, Maybe a, a heavy zone team, that's not what you're looking for. Maybe you want one that here's the hole, go hit it. Yeah, point, he's a point of entry back, yeah. I think. You know, if you direct him to where the hole's going to be, he can hit it. He's got quickness. A lot to like there. Uh, but when he's asked to create, when, when the hole's not defined, that's where, you know, things start to fall apart quickly. So, yeah, he, he's not going to be for everybody, but for a team that needs uh, or could use a pass-catching back who, you know, Sony Michelle was kind of the same way, where mm-hmm. point of entry back, catches the ball well. I wouldn't take him where, where, the, where the Patriots no, took Michelle. No, no. We're, but we're talking about a guy that you're going to consider in the top 100. Yeah. Well, and Sony hit it downhill, I think, a little harder than uh, McIntosh. With yeah. everything you said about McIntosh, I totally agree. I forget that Dana and I see players fairly similarly. <laughs> Um, he, he does not, and I think this is easy to see on tape. He really doesn't set, he just, he doesn't have great vision. He doesn't have great feel. You're right. And he's not a natural outside zone back where you're a plant and go back. You probably have to be more gap scheme and, and, and more defined, uh, you know, and the, and the point of entry backs, this is the, this is the, the concern is if you need a clear point of entry, well, you can find a lot of backs like that. Mm-hmm. That's nothing special about a guy who runs where there's a clear hole. What what's special is when a guy has a natural innate feel for the blocking development and 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 the way that the line it's it's all instincts and feel. Like you either have it or you don't. And I don't think McIntosh has it. But there's things I like 
there's definitely things I like. But, you know, you watch a guy like uh, uh, Taji Spears, and he has that. Yeah. I, I thought Roshan Johnson at day one ran a little bit like that, too, which was a little surprising to me. I think Gray has that, too. I, I, I like Gray. I don't I, I, like I don't know what you – yeah, I'm a Gray I mean, guy. He's going to be a steal in the fourth round. Yep. We're going to look back and say, man, how did he last that long? It's just it, – there's a lot of quality running backs, especially when you include the underclassmen in this group. It's uh-huh. – it, 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 we're going to see a lot of differing rankings. Hey, people forget position. Gray was a workhorse back at Tennessee as a freshman. Yeah. And, and it was weird how yeah. he goes to Oklahoma and then Kennedy Brooks is the starter. Right. We kind of you know lost where Gray was. And then this year he had a chance to shine again. And he's he's a good player. So the senior bowl in a lot of cases is about trying some stuff you've never tried before, trying positions mm-hmm. you've never tried before. Uh, we mentioned Cody Mock earlier. He's the North Dakota State offensive lineman. He played tackle at Oklahoma State. He's playing guard and center here. I talked to him on Tuesday morning or on a Wednesday morning and, and I asked him, you know, about the center stuff. And he said, listen, I would snap before practice just in case something went down. You know, we got down to our third, you know, and had, I had to do it. And, uh, but he'd never done it in, in a team setting or anything. He was out there doing it. Um, it was interesting because he took a rep at tackle in one-on-one pass pro and it was clear how much more comfortable Right, he was, but the question is, can somebody like that who hasn't played that position, can they show enough traits to these coaches and scouts to say, I'm confident you can do that at this level? I think first and foremost, just the fact that he's attacking it, that's that's going to earn him points. You know, teams want to see you uh, go try. You know, oh, he he told the coaches, I will punt if you want me to. <laughs> right. exactly. He, by the way, was his high school kicker in Hankinson, right. North yeah. Dakota, playing nine man. He yep. played basically every position. Tight end, defensive end, kicker. Yeah, he did everything. Let me guess. He's all state in three sports. <laughs> it's the same bio for all those guys. Yeah, <laughs> may not. Yeah, uh, but no, just the willingness to do whatever need, that needs done. It, and so uh, it has not been perfect for him at guard or center. Uh, you can tell it's new for him, but you want to see progress and just the, the willingness to do it. And so far, I think we've seen that from him. So you can you can make the switch, but it's not automatic. Like, there's nothing offensive line people hate more than just assuming a tackle can bump to guard or center. <laughs> the first thing, you, there's two things you have to have. Number, there's really three. You got you to gotta have pad level, um, which is something that Mock has to work on. I think pad level can get away from him. So you have to have pad level, which means you have to have some knee bend and hip bend. So you got to have flexibility. You need to have quick hands. And then you have to have a certain level of core strength to withstand the bigger, stronger guys and usually leverage guys because a lot of times they're going to be 6'2", 6'1", and even six feet playing with leverage. So those are three things you have to have. I would say I saw a rep in pass pro where Mott got beat as a center. They got up under him, pushed him all the way back. The second rep, the offensive line coach, which this is why I love being down there, listen to the correction. He corrected him, talked about pad level. The next rep, he stayed low, like way lower oh, than I, I would expect. I remember the sequence you're yeah, talking Yeah, and about. he stayed up under his guy, and he had a great rep the second time. So, so that showed me, okay, I saw it once. I know it can be done. It's a matter of can he muscle memory this thing into existence, and I think he can. I think, and, and besides the fact that he's just an Alex Kappa type, right? He is just he's a tough, nasty. If he's not going to be a center, he's going to be a guard. But my guess is. A team's gonna somebody in a in a in a room somewhere is gonna say guard, center, tackle. I would say three also if you need a tackle, get us out in a in a, yeah. in a get us out in an emergency. Yeah, yeah. So another guy I was watching today. Now he didn't didn't practice on Tuesday because he was sick. Malik Cunningham. Mm. You talk about and now he's not trying something different. But but this is why why I ask. Yeah, you know, I watched him play all throughout college. He's Louisville's quarterback. He's a special athlete. Mm-hmm. There was a play I'm watching. He takes off running, going around the corner. And I'm like, how many of these people are going to ask him if he might switch positions? Mm. Like right he, here, right now. Because he's not a big guy. I mean, he's yeah. he's under six foot. and it, The tape was very sporadic um, on him. And it, let's be honest, Aiden O'Connell should be here. The Purdue quarterback. Right. Uh, why he's not is, is is a mystery. But, I mean, Malik could be here doing something else and yeah, could be very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think that's something. And that's what these all-star games are for. You want to try stuff out. And we know you're a really good athlete. So, I remember, you know, Denard Robinson coming down here and, uh, you know, doing some nice things, uh, whether at corner, whether at receiver. And, and he got drafted as an athlete. So, yeah, I mean, the more you can do it. If, if, you're, if Cunningham wants to be a quarterback only – He's probably not getting drafted. 
but as an athlete, he's yeah. got to show. And this is not like the Lamar Jackson thing. Like no. any any conversation about Lamar playing another position was oh, idiotic. No, no, no. Yeah, this is different. No, this is uh listen, there's not going to be three quarterbacks under 200 pounds drafted this year. <laughs> we may have two. Yeah. And Bryce Young and Stetson Bennett. We ain't having three quarterbacks and he's under 200 pounds. And I think Andy the the thing you get into is exactly I mean this is just the truth. Players, <clears throat> you know, we get so we get so sensitive to criticisms on social media and and you know concerns about people thinking you're stereotyping or this that and the other and you know what's funny the players just want to play and go make money and yeah. make it in the league he's a he's a twitchy sudden athlete that's what he is and and, and I, most humans aren't like that i guarantee you his agent would say whatever it takes for you to get in the league yeah. but he's a special runner now yeah. his ability to make you miss i was blown away he's got great vision great vision yeah. running backs vision he has ability to make you miss the question becomes can he catch a pass if not, can he like? How do we utilize him? And so when I wrote him up, I wanted to be respectful to his quarterback stuff. He wasn't terrible as a quarterback. When he's in rhythm, he's not bad. He's just he's not big enough to be a quarterback, and it's not consistent enough. So how do you utilize him? Can he catch it to be a wide receiver? I'd love to find that out out here, but we we're not seeing it yet. Can he be a running back? I I you know. I don't know. He's he's a gadget guy. You could use him for packages, mm -hmm. zone read. You can put pressure on teams. Do you treat him like Huntley and you say, okay, we're going to use you, but we're going to be ready to, to – to, we'll figure it out on the go because I'm with you, Andy. As a runner, he just makes plays. So you, you want him on a football team. You just got to figure out how. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You mentioned another guy, and I, we got to talk about him, even though he's not here. Stetson Bennett declined the opportunity to be here no. and went and got himself arrested. <laughs> 6, 10 a.m., knocking on doors. That it's, Listen. We, we know it wasn't underage. 6, 10 a.m. I've, I've had some nights that ended with the sun coming up. It's not. It's it's a bad deal. Were you, usually, were you preparing for the draft at the time? I was uh, <laughs> probably probably should have been trying to do something more responsible. But but that's the thing. Stetson Bennett could have been out here, and I mean, from what we've seen on the field from him, outplaying all of these quarterbacks, yes. he could have been helping himself, and all he did was hurt himself. Yeah, you know, it's tough because uh, on one hand, I get it. He just played a 15-game grueling schedule, and you know, like that's that. But you're you're not a guaranteed top four round quarterback um and so you know go come to an event like this and give it your best shot it, it, i think we're so the media is so fixated on the underdog story he's not as much of an under like that's not how scouts view it you know he's good. yeah you know he is yeah. good but he also has things that he needs to work on and and you know it, it's uh some of it's uh intangible related and some of it's you know and so there's a lot with his it's 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 a far from perfect evaluation, and so for guys like that, come to an opportunity like this where it's not a great quarter. We might not have a top 100 quarterback here. Come to an event like this and show out, and yeah, it's it's a shame uh, considering what happened, but you know he'll have a chance to maybe redeem himself at the combine. Dane just hit you with code. He's got some things intangible related to work on. Like, you know, it really like could have gone to the Senior Bowl and wound up getting well, arrested. I mean, you know, at six it, ten a.m. for public intoxication. It looks really that. bad. It looks really bad when you say you're going to focus. You're you're not going to play at Senior Bowl. You you pulled out because yeah. you want to focus on the combine and the draft. And then that's that's obviously not what you focused on. At least on that particular I mean, that's, day. That's actually been my combine experience a few times. Yeah. So me, but you're me not, he's focusing but on being a reporter at the combine. But you don't wear, you know, you're not number, you know, one twenty six or number thirteen or whatever. You don't have the shirt. You don't. You're not wearing the spandex. And it's God a little forbid. different than like, you know, Will Levis. Like, I mean, I don't think people realize how hurt Will Levis was down the stretch uh, of the season, the, the second half of the year. Yeah. He's getting shots before every game into his foot. Like, I mean, he needs legitimate time to get better and, and get healthy. Um, so I think it's a little bit different than that. And Will Levis, he's not really competing with any quarterbacks here. He's going to be the first senior quarterback drafted. There's no question. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's the Stetson Bennett-Will Levis conversation about who should be here. It's just a little different. I think Stetson is a guy who, you know, so you look at it, you have to look at quarterbacks in parts. Start off with the physical part minus. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just no way around it. If you minus Bryce Young, 
you have to minus Stetson. If you plus Bryce Young, you don't care about size. You can't care about size with Stetson Bennett. That's how I look at it. Be be consistent. Um, I recognize that one guy has some special talent, but I thought Stetson Bennett played really well down the stretch. Played with a lot of confidence, a lot of poise. Thought he delivered the ball with accuracy. Showed decent zip on the ball. Enough zip, I thought. It may not have a big arm, but I, I, I wasn't phased by it. I came away from the national championship game and really, frankly, the playoffs thinking, man, I got to really, yeah. you know, I really got to really give this some thought about what I'm willing to do with a, a 25, going to be a 26-year-old rookie who's undersized. And then, you know, then you start having anything negative go wrong. And, and there's some buzz about, you know, was he beloved in the, in the locker room by his teammates and buzz, stuff like yeah. that. There's a lot of buzz on that. That's what Dane's probably referencing. It is. So you got, a little bu- you got a little buzz on that. So is he a likable guy? Is he a guy that guys rally around? If you say no, it's, you know, then all of a sudden now you're looking at the P.I. and you're saying, wait a minute now. We're starting to have some things pile up on this on this 186 pound frame or whatever he's going to weigh, and that's your concern. I like the football player. I, I loved him. I thought he's, but you know, he's 25, going to be 26. He's undersized. He just got a, a PI, which shows, you know, bad decision making for for an older guy who should be much more mature. And then you know, if you don't have a big check mark on leadership and intangibles, man, you start to have a kind of roll downhill on you. So as Dane said. Yeah. It would have been nice for him to be out here and, and, and A, wouldn't have had the P.I., I'm assuming, and, B, it would have yeah. been a chance. I mean, he would have outplayed these guys. Listen, who among easily. us has not been publicly intoxicated? It's I have just, been. It's just the circumstances I have that been. we're I, talking about I think here. I was on last Saturday, but that's regardless. It, it, was, it got worse as the night went on, but I took an Uber home. I wasn't <laughs> knocking on anybody. As a matter of fact, I was in bed at 730 at night, and my daughter really gave me the business. I mean, that, she, is a, that actually is another podcast, Day Drinking, highly underrated. Yeah, I was at University of Houston basketball game, and the Cougars won late, and, and then uh, I ran into – you know who I ran into? Uh, well, he came after – how do you like this? I leave – Right as I'm leaving, after Irish goodbye, the crew I came with, I said, "Okay, I can't keep up with you with you guys." <laughs> so I'm leaving. Selvin Young gets there, wow. University of Texas. Yeah. You know who shows up one hour later? Vy, and Vy, and they all had dinner. Everyone, the How's crew he that I was days? with, Vy is doing great. Yeah. He was having dinner. Vince and- Young is one of those humans that you you meet him. Eddie George is the other one yeah. I'll put in this category where you go. How did anyone ever tackle you? Vince is so cool, too. Vince is so much. Like, there's a level of cool to Vince. I interviewed him when he was in high school. And now, you know, here he is. He's done with his playing career. There's just a level of cool to Vince Young. But, um, yeah, it's uh, – I just got off on a tangent there. But, yeah, I, I think it's unfortunate Stetson didn't play. Will Levis, I'm interested to see if he even throws to the combine or if they wait to really hmm. – th- you know, that that's another conversation for another time. But – I want to see if they try to wait as long as they can to tighten up the mechanics and fundamentals and wait until his pro day to throw. I'm interested to see if Bryce Young weighs 200 pounds at combine, doesn't throw, and then doesn't weigh at his pro day and throws there. Oh, yeah. you know, I'm already kind of figuring out how I think this thing's going to go. Yeah, and like, we know he's small. Like, I don't know. It just seems yeah, like, you don't need to try to fool us yeah, by getting a 200. I, I, if you're 192 pounds, that's we know you're I mean, small. I, I'm just volunteering to eat all the biscuits so I can trick, <laughs> so I can trick everybody, but that's just me. The problem is you got to take it off then. That's that's the worst part. Uh, one guy that I think, uh, you know, has got plenty of buzz. He's going to blow up the combine. Um, a little up and down this week so far. Keon White, Georgia yep. Tech, um, a former tight end at uh, Old Dominion. He has a lot going for him. He's a freaky athlete. There's a lot working for him. But they, I, they, they were posting the, the highest uh, miles per hour yep. reached by each position group, and he was – Far and away, the fastest. Oh, he's at the combine. He's, yeah, he's going to be 285 pounds or whatever, and run in the four fives. I mean, he's he's a freak. Um, but snap to snap, it's just a little inconsistent. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I I was hoping to see a little bit more from him. Same thing with uh, Andre Carter from Army. I mean, it's he, he's a year away from being a year away. You know, he needs to develop his body. Yeah. He he's he's going to be a sub package guy. Um, and so you just the Again, evaluation versus the valuation. Where do you draft a player like this? I thought during the season or coming into the year, I thought, yeah, he'll be a top 100 guy. Meh. I mean, I think I still think he probably will be because you know he's he's got length, he's got speed. There, there's a, a good foundation there, but as you stack these pass rushers in this draft, uh, like he didn't make my top 15 pass rushers just because I still think he has a long ways to go. Um, and we've seen that this week. I, I talked to a coach who used to. Uh here at the 
practices who used to be at Army, and he told me, you know, the training table's not great at Army um, relative to the rest of college football. He's not at Army now. Um, you know, he talked about the, the rigors of just being a cadet. Yeah. And how that's you know, beside it's practice. It's hard to keep weight on, dude. Really that hard, sort of really hard. And when you look at his arms yeah. and the development of his arms and legs, I mean, Dane, you talked about. Let's let's think about this. He's not going on a first, so he's going to get a four year contract. The first year has to be a red shirt. Yeah, I don't know how he could play. He's got. He needs to gain about well, at least and, twenty and pounds. The harder of muscle. part about that is the political piece of it, which he had nothing to do with. Right. You know, somebody slips something into the omnibus bill, and all of a sudden. The question is, can service academy guys go play mm -hmm. in the NFL right away? But he can. And, and he become right. He can because they made an exception mm -hmm. and, and they said, so if you entered before this rule got changed, you can do it. But he becomes the face of all that. And that's, yeah. that's tough for him. It's yeah. Not, he had nothing to do with that. No, he had nothing yeah. to do with it. And he's, you know, so he, you look at him from a frame standpoint and a strength standpoint, like he cannot match up against some no. of these guys out here. They're just way too strong for him. He had a great productive year. Uh, in 21. This year, they put a little more attention on him, not nearly as productive. And I think what you have here is a guy with traits, but a frame that really needs work. So if you draft him and he's got a four-year contract, the first year is a redshirt year. There's just no way around it. And then you have to hope he's ready the next year. So really, anybody who drafts him is going to be drafting four years to get three at best. Uh, and that does hurt from a valuation standpoint. I could see him in the, in the day three. Uh, I think right now, I, I think right now, like, I don't see how you could draft him in the top 100. He just – he has so far to go from a physical standpoint. It's not like he's 10 to 12 pounds away. Right. I think he's about 20 pounds of muscle away. He right does, now. yeah. And, and I, he can probably eventually get there. But, yeah, t to your point, uh, like, with the Army program, they, I mean, they limit how much you can squat. You know, they limit oh, yeah. what you can do. So, like, it's just it, – it's, it's a little bit different than a lot of these guys, uh, what they're working with. But, again, he's long. He's got speed. So there's things to work with. I, I mean, I can still see teams being optimistic, but we have to be realistic about what his projection is as a rookie and then moving forward. All right, guys, before we get out of here, we've talked about who you thought was best, who you thought you know led each position group. Let's get sentimental. Hmm. Who's just been your favorite? Who are you looking at going, I don't know if this person's an obvious fit. I don't know if this person's a super high draft pick. But I'm rooting for him. I want to see this person in the NFL. Uh, I, you know, I think a lot of the guys we've we've named. One guy that I I, I liked more and more after I watched him, Carl Brooks from Bowling oh, Green. That's a real player, though. Dude. He yeah, he is. He's and a real player. He the way he played down the stretch, the way he's been playing here. They played him at defensive end, and here he's been more he of was that. Two hundred ninety five pound defensive end. It who was crazy. Stand up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is. He was a, a true edge player in that defense. And he had a few reps, uh, you know, over the B gap, and I thought he did a nice job. And his hands are so quick, so violent. You know, he's not the longest player; he's a little sawed off. But man, he with his athleticism, the way he moves at 300 plus pounds, and the violence with his hands, I, I don't know where Carl Brooks is going to be drafted. But he's a guy that it's hard to watch and not really like him. I'm going to go with uh, Riley Moss. Yeah. I'll tell you He's what now, Riley Moss, you know, of course it'll be a conversation the first white corner and right. since Jason Seahorn, I assume. Um, He's a real player. Like, he's a legit guy. I don't know if he can be a starter, if he'll be a, a quality backup. There's talk about him playing safety. Um, You know, I, I talked to a scout who, who worried about his open field tackling, but it's not – Tackling and hitting is not a problem when run comes towards him. Like mm -hmm. he's physical, he can get off blocks. But I think his instincts are good. He's got ball skills, he's got size, he can run. I think Riley Moss, to me, you know, the narrative is going to be something other than his football, but the reality is he's a good football player yes. and he has to stay healthy. But Riley Moss is a good football player and and to have an Iowa cornerback, you know, Iowa's been the home of a lot of good ball hawks. It's yeah. just that's just how they build. I mean that, that defense was dominant. Yeah. It had to be because the offense stunk. Yeah, it was and, terrible. But it's not just Lucas Van Ness and Jack Campbell. There no. are a lot of good players on that Absolutely. defense. Absolutely. And two of them are Mayweather, uh Merriweather and uh and, and and Riley Moss are here. And I think Riley can play a little bit. So he's a guy that I'm really interested to see. Sure, you know, you think it's 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 just uh you know, is it is it going to be fun to, to have people talking about that? And what will they say on the set when he's drafted? You know, people have some funny comments or whatever. But I think he's a good football player. And, you know, I'm always interested in uh, the black quarterback. My dad was was uh, a coach at University of Houston in the 70s when it was option quarterback. And Houston had a lot of black quarterbacks. And it was even in the 70s as a kid, I knew it was, you know, it was kind of it was 
it was a thing that was kind of looked down upon with some of the other teams in the Southwest Conference. I don't know if that's the right phrase. Well, I but mean, look, it was, he's Warren Moon. Yeah, it's and not, Warren Moon went like, through all kinds of crap. And, and when looking he was back there. on that now, and he had to go to it is he had to go to Canada. It is so amazing how short-sighted and stupid people yes, were on that subject. Absolutely, it was incredible. It is amazing. I was at Tulane when. Uh, Going to school there when it was uh, Terrence Jones was the quarterback there at Tulane. He was a dual-threat quarterback Greg Davis had when he was at, uh, at North Carolina, but, uh, or rather at, at Tulane. But, you know, I, I see the, the shift in dynamics as people, you know, have broadened their approach and they're, they're more open-minded. I think there could be other Riley Mosses. I think that sometimes people get caught up in, instead of this guy being a wide receiver, because you're used to, to, to picturing, a, you know, a white guy who's, 5'11", 195 pounds being a being a wide receiver who can run. Oh, this guy can run and too. How about a cornerback? Players have fun with this. Yeah, because they 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 do. They and and in oh, the locker absolutely. room it doesn't matter because all they care about is can you play or not. That's all they care about. And I think we're the ones who get all twisted yeah, up in this the stuff. People in football don't. People in football, like you said, they just want to know if you can play. And I like to see people. You know, I'd like to see people. Um, I'd like to see all people get a chance to just you know. The people who are the decision makers have to get out of their get out of their comfort zone of where they like to pigeonhole certain players. And we've seen it with quarterbacks now and, and people have broadened out. I think Riley, I think it will be interesting interesting if more teams say, hey, instead of us taking this kid and making him a slot wide receiver like Ricky Pearsall, who I think is a good player, by the way. Um, I'm not saying Ricky should be a corner, but maybe maybe some teams in high in the high school level will start saying, "Hey, this guy's a really good athlete. Let's play him over at corner." Well, here, here's the thing: if you're a really good athlete and you're six one, six two, like you can be lost in the crowd at receiver. Absolutely. You can stand sure. out at corner. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And so uh, Riley Moss, good play. He's had a really good first two practices here. Um, I mean, he's he's been able to match receivers, whatever they're throwing at him, and. It's tough in these one-on-ones when you're a corner and you don't know what's coming and you're on an island. Yeah, you have got no help out there. But he's really acquitted himself well. All right. Well, I also, you know, for my other podcast, if you listen to the Andy Staples Show, which has its own feed, please subscribe to that one too. I got great news out of Iowa today. Uh, Kirk <laughs> Ferentz, the head coach, announced no staff changes he anticipates. Brian Ferentz, his son, will be back as offensive gift coordinator. keeps on giving. It, it, is, it, it is a gift from the content gods. So thank you, Kirk Ferentz. Can I tell you that I've got an Iowa fan. So I do a, a sports radio show in Houston, have for 25 yeah. years. And one of the guys, Tony Moles, who is a longtime listener, is an Iowa guy. And we've talked to Iowa football over the years. He has been pushing this. You know, if the Texans really want to get innovative, they're really going to have to move towards Brian Ferentz. <laughs> they're trying to and give him away to anybody who'll take him. trying to push him. I'm like, hey, we can get some line play going with the Ferentz, but I'm not sure he's going to be our play caller. Well, that's what the, the thought was when Bill O'Brien got the Patriots job, that he might call Brian as the line coach. But uh, it does not sound like that's happening. And uh, as a podcaster, I, I'm very thankful for that. So, uh, But thank you so much for listening. Mobile has been a fantastic host. We have not gotten rained on like we, we did last year. Knock on wood for tomorrow. But uh, it's been fun and great to do this in person. And uh, talk to you guys next week. Can't wait. This was The Athletic Football Show.